Hello and welcome to today on Christmas Eve. So, December 24th is a day in December. A day where peace was made between the United States and Britain. The Treaty of Ghent was signed in 1814, ending the War of 1812, which did not go well for the land of the free. We proceeded to overcompensate for that for the rest of history. In 1951, Libya becomes independent from Italy, with Idris I becoming king of Libya. And in 1865, six Confederate soldiers got together and formed an organization whose name is synonymous with some of America's most shameful aspects, the Ku Klux Klan. So the KKK has several phases. These phases are different from each other in some ways, but the core of it and the most widely recognized part of it, is the racism of the Klan. That core is shared by all three phases of the Klan. While some aims of the Klan have been there since the beginning, other things, not so much. So today we're going to give you a bit of all three phases of the Klan, from its insurgent beginnings to its contemporary existence. Before we begin, however, I want to point something out. There are a lot of racist organizations out there. There are websites, blogs, small local clubs, and that's, that's fine in America. Hate speech is completely legal here. We in America believe in a very liberal view of freedom of speech that allows for people to espouse hatred. Organizations can be as overt or covert as they want about their hate as long as they are peaceful. And that really is the big one. You can be as racist as you want in America, but as long as you don't go hating people or infringing on the rights of others... The government is more or less okay with it. This is why the Klan is a different beast, and why its name rings so much louder than the other organizations that share its space. Because the Klan isn't peaceful. It never has been. The original Klan was founded today by six Confederate soldiers in 1865. This is shortly after the end of the Civil War, and that is not a coincidence. There are a lot of soldiers left over from the Civil War. The country had become militarized from the Civil War, and not all of those soldiers got a happy little ending. There were a lot of bitter veteran soldiers who were left in the South that was drastically different from the one before the war. They became insurgents and attempted to influence the government people around them through violence. The South's world had more or less crumbled and Reconstruction was being attempted. Remember a few days ago when I talked about Sherman's total war? What do you think happens after that? This is what happened. Former soldiers used what amounts to terrorist tactics to bully the South into going the way they wanted. Or at least, keep it the way they wanted. Murder, arson, public violence, all of this was done in their goal to ensure white supremacy. After all, weren't they better than those things, those freedmen, those things barely better than apes? Obviously not, but that's what they thought. And that view in that time and place was very much alive in the South. And it would stay like that for a long time. But this was the world the Klan was founded in. And the Klan jumped in with enthusiasm. In the beginning, the Klan was largely a devolved organization. Local chapters sprouted up everywhere. There was an attempt in 1867 to form some kind of hierarchy. And as many were former military... It would have come natural, but it didn't really pan out. The 
famous hoods were not yet in place, but the members did cover their faces. A lot of the clan's activities were in the rural areas of the South rather than the major cities. In that kind of environment, people knew each other, so the hood came in. But the clan's power was temporary at best. Former Union soldiers had been deposited in the South, and they formed their own organizations. African Americans did the same in some cases. The national government got involved. By the 1870s, the Klan was broken. Yet the North would pull back from Reconstruction, the objective failure it was, and the South fell into the hands of the Confederates in all but name. The Klan would be non-existent for a while, perhaps the only time since the founding that that could be said. But in the early 1900s, a collection of works glorifying the Klan were made. The most famous of these being the 1915 film Birth of a Nation, which, by the way, was a film that President Woodrow Wilson loved. This next generation of the Klan is the one most people are likely knowledgeable of. This Klan was formed by Protestant nativists. Their hate now spread to other groups. The Klan no longer just hated the African Americans, but the Catholics, the Jews, the foreigners, or as a one Theodore Roosevelt called them, hyphenated Americans. The Klan flew into a rage against these groups, and with outside forces working in their favor, like the Bolsheviks, they became more popular in the red panics that gripped America. This Klan was more corporate than the others. It was founded by William J. Simmons, and it played on the American people's fears to the hilt. It was explicitly religious, with crosses showing up everywhere, explicitly Protestant religion, however. It was nativists, opposing immigrants, and just plain people who were different. It was against the Bolsheviks, as this was in the 1920s. It was for prohibition, and even had a women's arm. This clan wasn't viewed by the public the same way the old one was. The first clan was viewed as a terrorist organization, which it was. This new one was more of a fraternal club or political one. It was viewed by some as representing law and order. That wouldn't last long, of course, but for a while the clan was big, like large protests marching in Washington, D.C. in open garb big. In 1924, there were approximately 6 million members. In 1930, there was something like 30,000. The Klan went back to its roots in the later 20s. Violence and terror were back. Coupled with national hierarchical issues, the Klan fell out of vogue. Finally, you have the third and final phase, although this is a bit of a stretch. The third phase is something like the 50s and 60s Klan. The one that bombed civil rights leaders and burned all their crosses. These Klans were more of the local sort. Often they worked with a local government. Keep in mind that these governments were banking on African Americans not voting, ever, to maintain power. The violence and intimidation of the civil rights period would wane over time, and the Klan would stop appearing as much in the media, but this one wouldn't really go away, per se. It changed. Or rather, parts of it changed. Remember, the Klan is not unified. It's not that national organization that it existed in the 20s. Today, you see them mixing with skinheads and neo-Nazis. There are some people who work in online sections. Some are peaceful, and I say that with air quotes. 
these are the ones that the government is okay with. After all, free speech is a right. You do have the right to say what you want and not be harassed by the government for it. Although you can and definitely will endure societal reactions from it. This new clan does have some of the same aspects as the older clans. It focuses on the base worries of the American people, the hatred of illegal immigration, anti-gay, etc., etc. To those living outside the United States, this might sound like the Republican Party kind of thing, but no, it's, it's different. It's very different. The Republicans are far, far more progressive socially when compared to these nuts. But in conclusion, the Klan has a long history, and I've really only scratched the surface of it, for good reason. On top of being hungover, this topic makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Talking about the sins of your country will do that to you, the mistakes of your society and whatnot. But it's important to acknowledge when your country has made mistakes, when its people have made mistakes. You don't learn from anything without acknowledging mistakes. And that's kind of an American tradition as well. The fiercest critics of the United States often are Americans. Or at least that's how we are in private. So that's all I have for you today. Come back tomorrow when we talk about something a bit more cheerful. Namely, what happens when you mix alcohol, a party, and West Point cadets. As always, if you have any questions or concerns, you can reach me at todayhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.